Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. Good evening, everybody. Erev Tov, welcome to another edition of our Monday night class, where we begin or continue, shall I say, studying the Amidah based on the amazing works of Rabbi Zev Lef and others. We are almost smack in the middle of this series. We are studying the Beracha of Refa'enu, Beracha of Healing. Tonight's class is part two of a two-part lecture on the Beracha of Refa'enu um, here on the Finding Holiness podcast. Tonight we are broadcasting live in the middle of a huge snowstorm. The snowstorm has just passed, but here we are in uh, mid-January 2022 in Toronto, Canada, the uh, greater Toronto area, and we have just experienced a a, a mammoth of a storm um, to hit us today, and a lot of us were um, confined in our homes, unable to move and escape, And um, but that doesn't mean that we cannot learn and teach some Torah. So we want to welcome everybody that is here joining us live online on our um, video recording podcast and as well those that are listening on our recording at a later time and date. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us this evening. Of course, you can find the previous lecture of part one of Rifa Enu on our podcast, FindingHoliness.com or FindingHoliness.Buzzsprout.com. Um, where you can continue to listen to the great shurim that we have. Feel free to uh, support our podcast, rate and review, and uh, help the podcast uh, spread to more and more individuals. Spread Torah. That's the key, because holiness matters. Tonight, we are continuing the beracha, the theme of refuah. In part one of this uh, beracha, we spoke about the role of doctors, how doctors are different, obviously from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Uh, we'll get a little bit more in that today. Um, we also discussed um, a little bit on, you know, how healing works. What is the, you know, what is God's mindset? Why are we even allowed to seek doctors' advice if everything technically comes from God? That was all discussed in the first in the first part of this beracha. Tonight we're going to look more into the text and try to decipher some deeper lessons that we can uh, that we can learn and internalize from the text of the beracha. So the let's read let's read the beracha. We'll get an under, a basic understanding, and from that we'll take we'll take off. So the beracha says, "Refa'enu Adonai venerafe, heal us, Hashem, and we will be healed." Save us, and we will be saved. For you are our praise. Bring recovery and healing to all of our illnesses. To all of our pains. To all of our wounds. For it is you, God, who is a merci- merciful and reliable healer. Baruch Hashem, Rofe Hole Amo Israel. 
Blessed are you, God, who heals the sick of his people, Israel. Okay, so that's the Beracha. Um, and let's let's speak a little bit and go through it. Heal us, God, so that we shall be healed. The Zohar writes that there are two means in this world that can provide healing. The first is that healing can come about through angels, uh, human beings, or medicine, intermediary medicines that we have. A person is sick, so you can take medicine. It could become through a doctor, like we spoke about last time, or sometimes it even could be sent, the refuah can be sent by an angel. The second way that we can be healed is that through God. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Bichvodov sends sends a refuah. What is the difference between the two types of healing, says the Zohar? The first type that come from uh, angels, humans, or other uh, medicinal treatments. Although I take the medicine, and although I'm treated by a doctor, and although the angel may send me the refuah, that doesn't mean that I'm not bound to relapse into the sickness and the illness that, I, that I've experienced. Often we see that. Right? I, I could take I, I suffer from a cold or a cough so I go to uh, I go to uh, the pharmacy and I pick something over the counter medication I pop it in and I feel good and then you wake up the next morning and the cough or the headache or, or the cold is back is back what happened it relapsed because because the healing is not complete the healing is a temporary healing and things that I, I, and and things that happen to my body, that can affect the physical stature of my body, the whatever the emotional stature, the mental stature, we'll speak about later. They could come back because the healing was not something that is shalima. However, healing from Hakadosh Baruch Hu is on a different level altogether. It's irreversible. Therefore, we say Adonai We want you, Hashem, to heal us. Hashem So we know that we will be healed, and there's no going back. There's no relapse. There's no that revert feeling to uh, sadness or pain or agony, physical pain, whatever it is. I know that when Hashem heals me, it's completely gone. We spoke about briefly last class, but the process of healing on a spiritual level. Uh, And uh, maybe it's a good time to, to remind our listeners that really there are three stages to the process of healing. There's one that's the antidote to the spiritual cause, which is the sins, the sins that a person commits. I'm suffering, I'm sick because I've committed Averot. My slate is not clean. I have some stains on my neshama. Then step two is the protection from sin, which which leads which leads us to the illness. And then there's the cure. And there's a cure which removes us uh, and blot uh, and blots out that stain and gets rid of it. The three stages that a person has, and when a person is suffering, a person develops a, an illness or or a, a disability or something where he's impaired, whether it's uh, his eyesight or whatever he's experiencing. Often that leads him to a state of isolation. That isolation could mean I'm just not leaving my house. It could mean that I'm stuck in bed because. I have the flu, or I have COVID, or uh, I'm just uh, I'm I'm so uh, groggy that I I just I can't talk properly. So I'm sitting in my bed, I'm sitting in my bed and I can't move. 
So what am I supposed to do during those moments when I'm, God forbid, I'm suffering from the flu and I'm, I mean, I'm stuck in bed for a week or I have a really, really nasty cold and I really can't speak to anybody and just I have a, I have a headache and the sinus pains and I'm, I'm confined to my bed. Says the Hafez Chaim, this is done on purpose. The Hafez Chaim says, we're stuck in bed for a reason. We're there to contemplate our lives. We're there to think and, again, perform introspection. What is happening to us in our life? Besides, that is leading that is leading to this physical ailment. Leading to this feeling of, of sickness. Must be that there's something wrong. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want you sick and roaming around the world because then you don't stop to think about why you're sick. So when you're in bed or you're confined to your home and everybody else is up and about doing their chores, going to work and going to school, but you're not, that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity to stop and to think, what is going to get me out of this? And I got to figure out what I'm doing wrong in order to help me to get out of that. Interesting, beautiful Hadush by the Hafez Chaim. We say two verbs in this Beracha. Heal us, God, so that we may be healed. And save us so that we may be saved. Where does the salvation come in all of this? Why am I asking for salvation and a blessing that really has to do with refuah? Is there a connection? So some of the Chachamim want to say as follows. Refuah is our beseeching of God to heal the sickness itself. If someone is suffering from COVID-19, so he asks HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please heal me from this sickness. It's debilitating. I have trouble breathing. You know, I lose my smell. Whatever it is, please, please get, remove the sickness from me. Hoshianu is the renewal of our strength of the original strength that I had. So some people are no longer carrying COVID, for example, but yet the lingering effects of COVID are still there. There are many people that I know that still haven't regained their sense of smell and their sense of taste. And they had COVID quite a few weeks, in fact, months ago. So there's the Refaenu aspect of please God, heal me from whatever it is I'm suffering, the cold, the flu, the broken leg. Okay, the broken leg is now healed. Now I ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to renew my strength, bring back the leg the way that it was. I know the leg's no longer broken. That I prayed for the Refa'enu, but now I need Hoshienu V'nivashea. I want the leg to work the way it once did. And hence the double expression of Refa'enu and Hoshienu. Now Refa'enu, Adonai Venerafe, are actually consisting of the same letters, just rearranged. Refa'enu and Venerafe are the same letters. And the remez here, the allusion is that we have to be in the proper position to be Venerafe. Again, back reiterating that idea of our spiritual mindset, like the Chavetz Chaim said, when we're when we're in the bed contemplating 
of our life, our life circumstances. Venerafe means I'm rearranging the letters because I know I got to be in a certain state for to be worthy, to be zochet that Akados Baruch Hu provides me with that healing. If I'm not in that state, if my mind is lingering, if I'm if my mind is somewhere else, and I'm not actively working to rectify my averot, then I'm not in that position. Then I'm not zochet to the venerafe part. I can ask God to heal me all I want, but it won't help. The Hatam Sofer says something that was, when I read it, was really, really eye-opening. He says that when a Jew is sick and he's suffering, it's actually a Chilul Hashem. It's a desecration of God's name. Because in the eyes of the Goyim, in the eyes of, of, of the rest of the nations, we are God's chosen people. And it should mean that if we are God's chosen people and we are the Am Segula, that then God should treat us in a way that allows us to, to display our glory and our, you know, the, the amazing attributes that, that, we, that we have and we contain. But if we're sick and we're not well, then that's very difficult to do. And the eyes of the going, well, this is God's chosen people. Look at this guy; he's sick. This guy's a tzaddik. This is the guy that is, uh, you know, uh, supposedly a a God fearing person, a God fearing person who fulfills mitzvot. This is what's happening to him. So it's a chilul Hashem, says the Hatam Sofer. So what do we do? We praise God. Ki teilatenu ata, for you are our praise. We're asking God and praising Him to rectify the situation so that when He heals us, we make a Kiddush Hashem. We're now able to sanctify His name again because we have been reverted back to the original um, position that we once were. So now the eyes of the Goyim, wow, look at this Jew. He's back. Look at God. God cares so much about His children that He's healing them. And this healing is for all afflictions, as the, as the Beracha says. To all the afflictions. You know, a lot of times when we think about the maladies and the illnesses that we go through, we often just attribute them to something physical. The guy broke a bone. The guy's not feeling well. He has a stomach ache. He has a headache. He's got a very, very bad cold. These are all physical, but the truth truth be told, there's a lot of other ailments out there that we have to consider. There are the spiritual that we spoke about. There's the mental illness. We have emotional illness. We see it nowadays more than ever, arguably. And these are things that we ask at Kadosh Baruch Hu to rectify and fix. We ask God that when He provides the remedy to our sickness, that there is no side effects. How many times... You know, you take, uh, you know, your, your doctor per, uh, prescribes you with medication and he'll tell you, okay, this is good for your blood pressure, but you know that this could happen as well as a side effect. You might feel bloated. You know, you might, this might happen. You might start coughing. You might, it might result in some headache. It might result in a problem with your um, digestive system. You won't go to the bathroom as often. You're going to go too much to the bathroom. 
Because when when remedies come as a result of man, then that's it's not perfect. So we have these side effects. But when Akados Baruch Hu is providing the healing, it's he's providing the healing lechol machovenu lechol makotenu. There's no side effects. Like we said, it's something that is shalem. It is full. And then right before that last phrase, ki ed because God is a trustworthy, merciful healer. At that point, we're able to add personal tefilot for the cholim and the sick people that we know, the people that require a refuah shalema. Actually, there are some people that, that hold that it is better to ask for refuah for specific individuals in the berachav shema kolenu. Shema kolenu is that all-encompassing bracha. We didn't get to it yet in this series. That a person can ask for whatever he wants in that blessing and actually verbalize. And in this blessing, Refaenu, those people that say that Shema Kolenu is the destination to recite the names, in this blessing of Refaenu, you should just think of the of the individuals. You should have them in your mind. It should be Mechaven and have the Kavana that those people should should uh, should get better, but not actually recite uh, their names. Um, nevertheless, according to Halakha, the Mishnah Berurah writes very clearly that a person is able to recite a tefillah here, and right at that point, some good sidurim actually have a yehiratzon that asks specifically for so-and-so person that Hashem provided him with a refuah shalema. Right here before this this line of ki el ne'eman v'rahaman ata, at that point, when we ask for a refuah for a person, we always say the name of the person who is the ben, who is the son of the mother. So, for example, we will say Yitzhak ben Sarah. Yitzhak ben Sarah. Yaakov ben Rivka. This is who we're asking for refuah shalema. Why is that the case? Why are we choosing the mother and not the father? Why is it not Yitzchak ben Abraham or Yaakov ben Yitzchak? Why are we choosing the mother? So it's a very famous question. So I want to provide our listeners with a few answers. The Zohar writes, the reason why we choose the mother is because the mother of a person is an established fact. And our requests of God have to be exact. They cannot deviate from truth whatsoever. The one thing we know about person A, one thing we know about Yitzhak, is that his mother is Sarah. One thing we know about Yaakov, is that his mother is Rivka, because the mother carried him. The mother carried him. We are 99.99999% sure that the father is the father, but we know 100% that the mother is his mother or her mother. So therefore we say the mother because any request has to be exact. In addition to that, the mention of mothers generates mercy in Shemaim. First of all, the mother is the parent that connotes mercy um, more than the father. The father is more of the strict deen, the judgment. The mother is more merciful on her children. In fact, the word for mercy is rahamim, and every child comes from the womb of the mother, 
which is called the Rechem. And the Rechem and Rachamim contain the same Shoresh. So we see that as well. Another reason why we pray for a person who is the son of his mother, and we list the name of the mother, is based on the Gemaran Masechet Nida, Daf Lamed Aleph Amur Aleph. And there the Gemara tells us that the flesh of the human being comes from the mother, and the bones come from the father, and of course the soul comes from Makados Baruch the three-part creation. So when we're asking for healing of the flesh, when we're asking God to heal man or woman who is at this point flesh, then we need to ask for this person who is the son of his mother because it's from his mother where he got the flesh from. Our skin, our blood is from the mother. After a person dies, however, when we are saying a special tefillah by a person's kever, or a hashkava, or askara by his askara or yard site, then no longer do we mention the mother, but we mention the father. Because at this point, there's no more flesh. At this point, the body is just bones. The bones come from the father. So that's when we, we say Yitzchak ben Abraham or Yaakov, Yaakov ben Yitzchak. It's important that when a person prays that um, he, has to, he has to mention the name of the person when he's not present. The rabbis tell us, but if a person is present next to the hole. He doesn't actually have to mention the person's name whatsoever if he's next to the person. We learned this from where? We learned this from Moshe Rabbeinu. When Moshe Rabbeinu was praying on behalf of his sister, who acquired the Tzarat disease, he said a very short tefillah, El na refa na la. Please, God, heal her, please. No name. There's no Miriam Bat Yocheved. That was that's what he should have said, Miriam Bat Yocheved, but he was he was right there next to Miriam. So it's El Narefanala, her. Once you're next to the when you're next to the uh, person who needs a refua, no need to mention the name. When a person is not, and in fact you can do it in any language that you want when you're next to the Hole. However, when you're not next to the Hole, then you gotta mention the name. It would be Miriam Bat Yocheved. And more than that. More than that, the language that you should use for your tefillah should be Lashon HaKodesh. It should be the Hebrew language. And the reason is because when you're next to the Chole, the Shekhinah is on top of the Chole. The Shekhinah is by the Chole's head. That's where you should be sitting next to the Chole, by the, the head of the Chole. And therefore, the Shekhinah understands any language, whatever you say, English, Cantonese, Japanese, whatever it is, whatever language you talk, Greek, They'll take it up and, the, and the, the message will get to God. But when you're not next to the Chole, then you're requiring the angels to take your tefillah. And the angels only hear Lashon HaKodesh. So it's important that you say the tefillah and Lashon, and Lashon HaKodesh. Actually, a very interesting, uh, thought-provoking question brought down in the responsa. Um, if a person is allowed to pray for someone else to actually die, now, not because, God forbid, he doesn't like him, as we'll see, but let's say a person is suffering from a debilitating illness. The suffering is beyond our level of comprehension, and he's he's on the verge of death anyways. 
So Hashela is was was is asked, can a person actually pray to Hashem to stop the suffering and just take his soul away? So the Ran, Rabbeinu Nisim, in Masech Nedarim, Daf Mem Amud Aleph, actually answers this question, and he writes that yes, a person is able to pray that Hashem take his neshama away if the suffering is so intense and that he cannot take it anymore or the friend cannot take it anymore, he can actually pray that HaKadosh Baruch Hu take the soul away. Says the Tzitz Eliezer, more modern uh, posek, he says this as long as there's no ulterior motive involved. Meaning a person cannot do this because it's costing him too much money you know, too many medical bills, or the long long term uh, care home is uh, is racking up bills of thousand dollars a month. So you know what? Let me just pray. Maybe Hashem will take him now, so I don't have to pay another uh, month's rent. That would be cruel, in fact, if you ask me. But nevertheless, if you have that kavana, then definitely you cannot you cannot do so. But nevertheless, as we'll talk about later, a person should still try to convince. Um, the person who is unwell and the family members to always continue to struggle um, and, and cope with it because there's a lot of kapara reasons involved when a person is going through sin, like we said, uh, through through suffering. Uh, there's a lot of kapara happening and a person is atoning for a lot of averot and sins and sometimes a person needs to go through this uh, in, in his life. Ki el melech rofe ne'eman verachman ata. What does it mean, Ne'eman Verahman? Why are we mentioning that, God's, that God is a trustworthy and merciful God here? What does that have to do with Refuah? So we mentioned this in the first class that illnesses are just, they're perfect. When God sends you a cold, there's an exact reason why He's sending you a cold. There's an exact reason why the cold today is much more severe than the cold you had last year. And therefore, a person must understand that anything evil or suffering or agonizing that happens to him is ra'im v'neemanim. Cholaim ra'im v'neemanim. This was the pasuk that we quoted in the, in the part one of this lecture. That the curses or the evil that befalls a person are, are exact. Um, and we need God to counteract that also being a ne'eman v'rahman. We know that God is exact, and He will be the one to understand perfectly how to remove these illnesses. You know, Hashem is different than any other doctor, because like we said, Hashem heals without the suffering. He's a rahman. He is merciful. The doctor is going to say, I need to inject you with this. It's going to hurt. The doctor is going to say, I need to perform surgery. I need to. I need to cut you open in order to remove this or to sew this, and that's painful. Hakadosh Baruch Hu's healing is not painful. There is no suffering there, and therefore He is Rahman. El Melech Neeman Rahman Ata. El Melech. What's the El Melech? El is God. Melech is King. The the El represents the all powerful God that can affect my cure. And the Melech part of God is that no power can interfere with his cures. And that he can find cures in an instant. In fact, Rabbi, the Gemara tells us 
that before any malady, the cure is already in this world, just for us to find it. There was once a guy who the doctors told him he only had three days to live, and uh, based on the situation that he that he was in. And he went up to his, to his rabbi. He said, Rabbi, I don't know what to do. This is what the doctors told me. They can't find a cure. They don't know what it is. And the rabbi assured him, nothing can stop Hashem. If Hashem wants you to live, then he'll, make you, he'll find that cure within 30 seconds. And lo and behold, um, just one day later, they discovered penicillin. And that was able to, to help cure this man. And uh, and he lived for many, many more years. Who cares what the doctors say? Doctors say three days. So what? what's three days? What's three days to God? You know what God can accomplish in three days? A lot, what the, uh, much more than what the doctors think that they can. It's interesting when you look at the end of the Beracha, we see two different endings with this blessing of Refa'enu and the blessing of Asher Yatsar, which is the blessing that we say after coming out of the bathroom. In our Beracha, we say Refa'enu, in the Beracha Refa'enu, we say Rofe Chole Amo Israel, the God who heals the sick of his nation, Israel. And in Asher Yatsar, we say Rofe Kol Basar Umafri Asot. So in the Asher Yatsar, it's a it's it's the idea that God has the power to heal all of mankind. But in our blessing, it's a constant healing of our people, of Bene Israel, of people who need healing. Another reason why we say that we, we mention Israel in this in this blessing, Rofe uh Amo Israel, is because like we said at the beginning of part one. This blessing was instituted for newborn boys who require Brit Milah. That's why it's the eighth blessing of the Shemona Esrei, because the Brit Milah requires healing, and it's performed on the eighth day. So that's a mitzvah that is only to Jews. So it's Rofei Cholei Amo Yisrael. The purpose of me praying is meant to change the condition of the person praying. So that maybe he doesn't need the illness anymore. Because whether I'm praying for myself or I'm praying for someone else, if I'm praying for myself, I gotta change as a person, like we said. Remember that what the Chafetz Chaim said, contemplating your situation, introspection. I need to change the condition of who I am. I need to get into the position of venerafe. But first I need the venerafe, so I'm ready for it. And only then, I don't need this illness anymore. So to this, the rabbis ask a question. If so, then how can I pray for another person? How am I allowed to pray for Reuven, my friend, my neighbor, if I don't know if any change occurred to him? Maybe he still deserves the sickness. Maybe that illness that, that appeared to him is just. We know it's just because God gave it to him. But he's not. maybe he's not ready for refuah. Who am I to decide? Who am I to step in and say this tefillah if his condition didn't change? So a couple of answers to that. 
The first answer is that all Jews are bound together by one soul. We all stem from Adam Arishon, and then after that Abraham Avinu, and we are just one soul. And in essence, when I pray for my friend Reuven, my neighbor, or my community member, I'm also praying for myself. Because our souls are intertwined. Somewhere along the line, they're intertwined. And therefore, I also benefit myself. Second answer to this is that all Jews are affected physically and emotionally by someone else's suffering. Kol Israel arevim we are responsible for one another. And I feel empathy, I'm empathetic, when I hear that my brothers are suffering. I think when every Jew turned on their notifications on Motzei Shabbat to, to hear that four of our, our fellow uh, Jewish brothers in Texas were held hostage, it hurt us. It was painful. And you don't have to share the same ideologies in, in order for it to bother you. These are our Jews. These are our brothers. We didn't know what was going to be. So everybody was saying tefillot. And you can argue all day about halachic stance and political views and what they feel Judaism is about versus what we feel Judaism is about. But it was irrelevant at that time. For those hours, for those five hours following Shabbat, all that mattered was their well-being. That's all that mattered. And therefore, we opened up the Tehillim and we dedicated this class and we dedicated this shiur and whatever it was at that moment that we can do a little bit more tzedakah for the welfare of those people because they affect us. Every Jew affects us physically and affects us emotionally. And so, yes, I could... I could pray for that person, even though I don't know what his status is, but I know how that's affecting me. And hence, my tefillah will work. The power of Hashem to heal us in a preventative way. How is that so? By Jews keeping the Torah. The Jew who keeps the Torah and mitzvot, You've now created a preventative medicine. So what's the kavanah that I need to have when I say this beracha? When I say, It's an unfortunate kavanah, but the kavanah is a reality. That there's a nation of Israel that is sick. The nation as a whole is suffering from a malady. And that's why we're still in Galut. If we weren't sick, Mashiach would be here. And Hashem is healing us constantly. Rofe, it's present tense. This is the status that we are. We are a generation that is in a sickness, a malady, a plague that doesn't seem to end. It's a sickness of 2,000 years. And that's what we need to have. That's our kavanah. And that's why it's so important that we don't discourage people from praying. Uh, it's it's our tendency when you hear somebody come up to you and says, you know, my brother, he's not well. My parents, he's not well. So-and-so, this is what happened. He got an infection here. He broke a bone. This, 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 this. Our natural tendency, because we want to be nice, is like, okay, he's going to be okay. Or 
You know, I, you know, I, I think he's doing better now. He's doing better now. And then when you do, when you say stuff like that, although yes, you're giving encouragement to the to to the family member, and that's always important. But at the same time, by doing so, they might be less inclined to pray. Prayer is good. The Gemara Masechet Brachot Daf Nun Hey Amud Bet speaks about Rava who would publicly announce his sickness. He wouldn't announce it on the first day. And the Gemara says, when the first day that he got sick, he wouldn't announce it because he didn't want it to be, to open up the mouth of the Satan, because he didn't know if the sickness was actually going to be a lasting sickness. So he didn't want to, you know, say more than what it was. But if it lasted and it came into the second day, he would publicly announce, he would send a messenger to go around saying, Rava is not well. Of course, Abayi and Rava were, were the greatest Amoraim that we had. Rava is not well. And why Why did he do that? And he explains. He explains because Rava says, this way, those that love me, those that love me will pray for my refuah. They're going to want me to get better. They're going to want me to go back to the Ben Midrash and teach them and accompany them and be their friend. Invite them over for Shabbat. Ah, what about those that hate me? He says, and those that hate me, they're going to pray for my demise. They're going to want me to get worse. They might even want me to die. And on those people, is bin polo evecha al tismach. So Mohammed writes, on the on the, the 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 downfall of your enemy, you cannot be happy, cannot be joyous. And that's going to assist my healing. When, when somebody is going to go and pray for my downfall, Akadosh Baruch Hu is going to look at this guy and say, why are you praying for his downfall? Did he do something wrong? Well, I'm looking at Rave. He's a pretty good guy. You have no right to pray for, uh, uh, you know, be happy that he's sick. So those Zechuyot will actually cause him to get better. So Rava purposely went out and announcing to, to, to the whole city, I'm not well, please pray for me. Because prayer is immensely, immensely valuable. That's why the Gemara and Masechet Rosh Hashanah, Davtet Zayin Amur Aleph, um, discusses when the Rosh Hashanah is for various things. And it speaks about how Rosh Hashanah is, um, Rosh Hashanah Aleph Tishrei, is a time when human beings get judged. But the Gemara asks a question. It says, who is the Tana that says, that we can pray for people every day? The answer is Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi was the Tana who felt that man is judged every day. And because man is judged every single day of the year, that is why I pray for man for his well-being every single day of the year. Otherwise, I shouldn't be doing that. Who gave us the right to start praying for the health and well-being of our of ourselves and our friends and our family if Rosh Hashanah passed, I should only be allowed to pray for my family, my community between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. That's it. Come Yom Kippur, things are stabbed, sealed. Good luck. Let's hope it works out. But that's not what we do. That's not what we do. Every day we open up our Sidur and we say, And I ask for health and I ask for and I ask for a whole bunch of things because every day a person is judged. So tefillah is extremely, extremely valuable. 
We want people to know that we're not well so that they pray for us. Don't hide it. Even in the times of the Torah, when a person got the skin disease called tzarat, loosely translated as, as leprosy, he would go out outside the camp and anybody that would walk by him, he would say, Tameh, Tameh, referring to himself. I am impure. On a simple level, it's so that people don't get near him. If they get near him or they touch him or they're under the same roof, they become impure as well. But the Gemara tells us in Masechet Moed Katan, in fact, we just learned it in Dafyomi, that one of the reasons why he's calling out Tameh, Tameh, is so that people will know he's impure and they're going to pray for him. They want him to get better. They want him to uh, retain this, this disease on their skin. Who's the guy out? Who just called out Tameh? What was his name? Yitzchak, Yitzchak ben Sarah, Yitzchak ben Sarah, in your prayer, everybody. Put his name on your list. He's got Sarat. He needs to be better. And they don't start thinking of why he got Sarat. Ah, he's, yeah, he must have spoken Lashonara. You think they're thinking of that now? He, he's already embarrassed that he's outside of the camp. But he wants people to pray. And when we pray for the person, we also have to not forget that there's other family members who are affected. The siblings, the parents of a person who's ill. That's why it's called Bikur Cholim. Bikur Cholim in, in plural. There's only one guy who's sick, but when I go to the house, I'm meeting with everybody. It's not just a visit to that person. It's, it's an assistance to everyone who's, who's, who's affected. It's buying, buying groceries, it's giving rides to people, it's running errands, it's helping them cope. Be their shoulder for them to lean on. And hence there's so much power, so much depth in this, in this beracha that we have to stop and contemplate. Whether it was for our own well-being and understanding HaKadosh Baruch Hu's role and His prayer that, that His refuah is complete, painless, with no side effects, or it's our ability to help other people get through their situation, praying for them because we are intertwined, we are connected, our souls are connected. And probably the most underlying lesson is getting ourselves into that proper position to be ready to accept the healing. Because if we're not, if we're not there, then the healing is just temporary. It's a band-aid. It's something over the counter. It's not venerafe. You won't reach the status of venerafe just taking over-the-counter medications. You need to be in the spiritual mode to accept. You have to be ready for it. And Bezat Hashem, with that in mind, we will truly internalize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is El Melech Rofe Neeman Verachman Atta. He's a merciful healer. He's a trustworthy healer. He's an exact healer. He is Rofe Chole Amo Israel. He puts his own children, prioritizes them right at the front to constant healing. He understands the situation that we're in. We have to understand the situation that we're in. We understand that we are a nation with maladies. We need to work on ourselves. But Akados Baruch Hu is the ultimate healer. And we pray that he removes all Kola Mahala Ashesamti. 
Alecha will not be Ki Ani Hashem Nofecha, as we read in last week's Parasha, Parasha Beshalach, Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the ultimate doctor. He has the ability to remove all all sickness from earth. And Bezat Hashem, he should do so, so we live happy, healthy lives with our loved ones for 120 years of Beriut Etana, Darichut Yamim. Wishing everybody a wonderful night ahead. Be well.